Tuesday, December 7th. How you doing? Are you storm barred? Are you are you stormed in? Are you stormed out? Maybe not. It's the Richie Allen Show, live from BBG Towers in Salford. It's your call today. I'll be taking your calls. It's the BBG, not the BBC. This is your Richie Allen Show, live from the magnificent city of Salford. It's the Richie Allen Show, broadcasting live on richieallen.co.uk and multiple platforms around the world. And now, here's your host, Richie Allen. Yes, I'll be taking your calls. I'll give you the details momentarily. But if you wouldn't, if you would not like to speak to me in person, although I don't know why you wouldn't, but you can go to the website richieallen.co.uk, comment live on the menu bar. You can leave a comment there during the program and engage with others. But do speak to me today. And please, if you are on a recent phone-in program, don't phone in. Allow others the opportunity to do so. I get hammered during the phone-in shows, so let's leave others have a chance today. As I said, it's the 7th of, of December 2021, and it's been a miserable old day here in Salford. It's been miserable, grey, dull, dark, very, very wet, and a tad windy as well. By the way, the phone-in details, the numbers and all of that, are on the website. It's the most recent article there, but if you can't get on there... It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Well, in about 30 minutes, talk to me now. In about 30 minutes. There's another Skype name, by the way. So you can try chat with Richie. You can also try talk to Richie. And that is talk to T-O, Richie, R-I-C-H-I-E, all one word, talk to Richie, that's available as well as chat with Richie, and the phone-in number, which, as I said, it's all on the website, richieallen.co.uk. I was going to spend a little bit of time on the on Storm Barra and the hysterical, ridiculous, over-the-top, ludicrous, absolute, I don't know, fish whiffery, the the conduct of the media talking about but what's basically a little bit of a storm, which we get all the time. I grew up near the coast in Ireland, grew up around Waterford Port, grew up around Dunmore East, Tremor. Gets windy every now and then. It's called the winter. But the carry on of the media, well, it's all about climate change, of course. Storms don't happen anymore by themselves. They don't happen because parts of the water are heated up near the equator which is how storms begin. Look look it up, look into it. Look into it, square inch of water heated up near the equator by the sun. Look into that and what happens thereafter. Anyway, I'm not going to get into it. Not going to get into it. Omicron, well, needless to say, the, the government here in the UK has said that, well, you know, the early indications we have about the Omicron variant are that it's more transmissible than the Delta variant. Okay, surprise, surprise, we knew they would say that. However, they said we're not looking at introducing Plan B, restrictions level Plan B. Now, they're lying. They will, of course. Plan B includes vaccine passports and working from home and closing 
non-essential businesses. It's all in the plan. Okay, for now, scientists are saying, well, we can't really draw any firm conclusions about the Omicron variant, but but we'll continue to analyse samples of the virus and real-world data. But that doesn't stop, as I said, the government and media commentators saying we should all be running for the hills. As you might know, it came in today. Anyone travelling to the UK must now take a COVID test before they leave from their country of origin and they must take a PCR test upon their return. Indeed. Lateral flow test to leave your country. PCR test on your way back. So the Welsh... The Welch, not too far from Manchester and Salford, Wales. It's not too far away at all. They're saying that a significant wave of Omicron will be expected to hit Wales, peaking around the end of January. That's according to Eluned Morgan. She's Wales' health minister. She said, we're screwed. Or words to that effect. She said, it's going to be the end of January we're going to be absolutely bowled over by the Omicron variant. So, get out and get your jabs if you haven't had them. And if you haven't had your booster, get your booster. That's what it's all about. Get your booster. It's urgent, said Eluned Morgan, that people get their, their jabs and their boosters. So on Tuesday, the Welsh Health Department said that they've discovered a fifth. A fifth. That's one, two, three, four, five. Five Omicron variants in Wales. And that's enough to call a press conference. What kind of fuckery are you? Press conference. Why? We found five people with a variant. None of the media types are asking any of these dipsticks. Uh, these people you're finding the Omicron variant in. Yes. Are they sick? <coughs> so are not asking that question. There's nothing wrong with them. Lordy. Loximusy. Let's listen into Jeremy Vine, BBC Radio 2. Jeremy's everywhere. He double jobs at most days. He's got a TV show for Channel 5 in the mornings. And then he cycles around the corner to the BBC Radio 2 studio where he does his chat show between noon and 2. Got a very annoying voice. I know, pot kettle, I know. It's all subjective, isn't it? Let's listen to a bit of him. Who did he have on today? I wonder. Knock, knock. Open wide. Right, here he is, Jeremy Vine. Who have you got on there, Jeremy? Let's talk then to Professor Tim Spector, Professor of Genetic Epidemiology at King's College London, who runs the Zoe COVID Symptoms App Study, which you may well be familiar with. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Let's talk, first of all, I suppose we're going to divide this into two, which is contagion and danger. How spreadable is this compared to Delta? Good question. How spreadable is it? Is it as spreadable as Lurpak? Is it as spreadable as margarine? How spreadable is it? Everything we're seeing from South Africa and some of these isolated outbreaks in uh, Norway and Denmark suggests that it's it's much more uh, transmissible than Delta. That's the surprise, you see. Which, if you remember, was already much more transmissible than Alpha, which was more transmissible (laughs) than the original... Delta was more transmissible than Alpha, which is more transmissible than original COVID. Has anybody got original COVID? I'd say it's worth a few bob now, if you get down the market. Anybody got original COVID, first pressing? No, first edition. 
If you have, you might be in, you might be in for a few quid. Wuhan variant. So um, it's looking like it's really easy to catch it. And, uh, and it's, you know, once one person gets it, it very quickly spreads to multiple others. Right. Um, even if they've been vaccinated. So I think that's that's the main thing we're pretty sure about at the moment about this uh, new variant is its ability to hop from one person to another very <laughs> readily. Uh, and that's in a way why it's giving this competitive advantage to uh, keep going. Ah, it's why it's, key. It's, it's why it's able to keep going. It's able to hop to, from one person to another readily is the old uh, Omicron variant. Jeremy, what have you got to say? You're the presenter. It's your show. Well, I mean, that is amazing because when amazing I, when I think back to last December, I caught Delta and I he caught Delta. I was wearing a mask and I was being careful and I hadn't had a cold. I still haven't had a cold. I haven't had anything, but I still caught Delta. He caught Delta. And you're saying Omicron is more contagious than Delta? Are you? Yeah, that's what. Uh, I mean, we're saying you know we haven't got huge amounts of UK data yet. They've got nothing, in fact. He's just making it all up. Uh, even on the app, we've just got a few anecdotes. A few anecdotes. <laughs> but everything we're seeing there is matching what we are seeing from the South African data. Liar, liar, your pants is on fire, but somebody please don't put it out. Let him burn and burn and burn the disgusting liar. The South Africans have been very clear, as have the Norwegians today, that this thing is nothing. It is nothing to be concerned about. Because where they've discovered it in people, those people are fine and dandy. He's lying through his teeth and I would take great offence as a radio presenter if I know that a little dude is on my programme and he's lying to me and lying to my listeners. He's just making it up as he goes along. Uh, where they've actually managed to estimate some real rates. and Estimate some real rates. Oxymoron, anyone? And... Uh, it's it's considerably greater than uh, what we saw for Delta. So, yeah, this is going to be a really tough uh, one to control. <laughs> uh, and certainly, you know, things we're doing at the moment won't be nearly enough to control it. No way. Things that you're doing at the moment won't be nearly enough to control it. I didn't never believe that one, Stella. All right, enough for Stella. Yes. Love that. Love the balls of this arsehole, you know. Yeah, mm, yeah. The measures we're taking right now won't be enough to control it, he said. What did Jeremy say? Jeremy! What did you say to him next, lad? Speak up or forever hold your peace. Yeah, that's what... Uh, ah, Jeremy! I'm guessing that w when you say hospitals can get clogged up... Yeah, yeah, that's right. So they moved on a little bit and this guy kept lying... This Spectre guy from King's College in London just kept vomiting up the lies and he said that he's worried about hospitals getting clogged up. He's lying because hospitals are full anyway. Because there's hardly any beds anyway. And there are 10,000 old folks, old dears and old granddads who can't leave because there are no social care workers to look after them. So he's lying when he says that Omicron will clog up the hospitals. But Jeremy wants to get into that and he wants to get into that and the unjabbed what are we going to do about the unjabbed i'm guessing that w when you say hospitals can get clogged up you're talking about its effect on people who've chosen not to have the vaccine is that correct 
That's correct, and they and it could keep getting reinfected as well. So that's the other problem. Reinfected with what? The Omicron variant? Uh, it's looking like natural immunity isn't going to be uh, as effective. And no way, natural immunity won't be as effective. Gosh darn it! People who have been unvaccinated who are saying, "Oh, you know, I don't need to be vaccinated. I've had COVID. I'm fine." Absolutely. Uh, you know, are not. Uh, are going to be risking going back to hospital again. And this is this is the recurrent problem we're going to be facing. In which case, we may be taking all these measures for people who've chosen not to have the vaccine. Is that correct? Wow. You hear that, BBC presenter? We may be, we may be taking all of these measures for people, for the benefit of those who don't want to have the jab. Uh, ultimately, that's right. I mean, if we had a higher vaccine take-up, like some countries, I mean, we're at about 68% or something of the whole population. Other countries like Portugal are at 90%, you know, and and I think we have to start seriously thinking about uh, are we really going to change all our lifestyle for the next uh, few years because there are 5 million people that um, uh, are choosing not to get vaccinated. So, Well, in fact, according to the I paper today, it's 6.4 million. 6.4 million out of a population of about 67 million in the UK. And I number myself among the 6.4 million, I'm sure you do too, have not and will not ever have any of these jabs or any other jabs for that matter. What should we do with them? Jeremy Vine. So do you, and I know this is a bit outside because this is to do with the politics really, Tim, but do you start to think, look, that the best way to deal with this, because the, the main concern is about Omicron among the unvaccinated, the best way to deal with it is to start to lock down the unvaccinated. How helpful of Jeremy the presenter there. Isn't it the best way to deal with this, to lock down the unvaccinated, just like they did in Austria, in Germany? Professor, I wouldn't go as far as saying unlocking un un them up, but um, who said locking them up? Well, I locking we down. To, you know what I we mean ought by to be that? Doing, <laughs> yes, <laughs> locking. It's very funny, isn't it? Locking down or locking up, uh, but I think we ought to be doing much more to address that problem because there are particular areas, you know, zones where only like fifty-five percent of people are vaccinated, generally deprived areas uh, in big cities, and we're not still not dealing with that. We're just like sort of forgotten about that, and I think. It's going to come back to haunt us if we uh, aren't as aren't tougher tougher on this to try and encourage these people uh, as much as possible. I don't think we're do doing nearly enough compared to other countries. Well, we're seeing it in Austria, in Greece, and in Germany, where they are starting to say, "Look, we're going to start punishing people if they're out and about and they haven't had the vaccine." But of course, there's there's massive resistance to the idea of, let's say, you're walking in the park and the police stop you and they ask you to prove you've had the vaccine, and if you can't prove it, you're fined. Can you imagine that coming in here? Can you? No, I can't. I, I think uh, I, I, that's not going to happen here. But we. Have Bullshit. We haven't even got to the stage where, you know, people going to the cinema or theatre or uh, a crowded nightclub have to show any uh, proof of vaccination. Well, well, we have gotten to that stage in Scotland and in Wales. And that's virtually every country in Europe has got that except us. So I think, you know, there's lots of more we could do without resorting to strong arm tactics to just persuade people that if they want to get back to a normal life quickly, you know, the easiest way is to, you know, uh, join the majority of people, act, you know, community-spirited and, and, and get that, get those, the vaccine and the boosters. Mm. 
you caught that last little nugget, didn't you? Uh, and we, we heard a lot of this, didn't we, back in the spring? We heard a lot of this back in the spring, how, how, how we get back to normal. Uh, if they want to get back to a normal life quickly, you know, the easiest way is to, you know, uh, join the majority of people, act, you know, community-spirited and, and, and get that get those, the vaccine and the boosters. Yeah, if you want to get back to a normal life quickly, get jabbed, get jabbed, get your boosters and show some community spirit. Yeah. Remember Matt Hancock, 15 million jabs to freedom. There's been 118 million jabs dispensed now or thereabouts in the UK. <laughs> Oh, God, and the masks have come back. The distancing is back. They're asking people to work from home in Scotland again. It's coming here. Why should we believe you? I mean, I wouldn't take one of those jabs, even if you put a gun to my head, and that's the truth. But let's just say I don't know any better, just for a moment. Why would I believe you? Why would I believe you that if I roll up my sleeve and take your medicine, the things will go back to normal? Why would I believe you? Nearly 21 months after you said three weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah. Spectre, Professor, King's College, London. He's a bit of an idiot, but anyway, show some community spirit. This might make you giggle. Shortly after talking to the Professor, Jeremy Vine opened his programme to callers, just like I'm going to do in about 15 minutes' time. First up was Angie from Sheffield. Angie in Sheffield, give us your thoughts on the variant, Angie, Omicron. It's it's terrifying, Jeremy. I mean, I'm triple jabbed. I had COVID before in January, in uh, February this year. Yep. And my worry is you go into the shops and hardly anybody is wearing a mask. Well, even now, that it's, even now it's compulsory, they're not. Absolutely. I tell you what, this morning I went to the local co-op where I'm working and there's a lady behind the counter on the till. She's got a mask hanging off her ear and not round her face. Yep, not round her face. At the old chin hammock. No, not even. It's just hanging from one ear. Oh, it's in one ear, right. Yeah, people aren't taking it seriously. People just won't take it seriously. Angie has had three jabs and she's had COVID and she's terrified. I'm terrified, Jeremy. Go on, Angie. Now, the thing is, when you get it, if you imagine a scale of zero, you've got no symptoms. Zero, you've got no symptoms. To ten, you're on a ventilator. Mm. To ten, you're on a ventilator. So it's a sliding scale or an increasing scale. Zero, no symptoms. You have COVID, but you've no symptoms. Ten, ventilator. Where is Angie going with this? Mm. Once you start that journey... Once you get on the journey... It's terrifying because you don't know when you get off. So when you... Because uh, you and I, we, we, I had it in December, you had it in February. Did you know... Could you feel how severe it was? Was there a moment you were worried? Yes. Yeah. 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 How long were you I ill thought, for? Luckily, I wasn't ill for very long. I was only ill for about four days. Four days after all of that... Yeah. 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 How long were you I ill thought, for? Luckily, I wasn't ill for very long. I was only ill for about four days. Triple masked, triple jabbed, had COVID. 
absolutely terrified, even though I was only ill for about four days. Angie, speaking to Jeremy Vine on the BBC earlier on, on the same subject, on the, on the, the strengths and the virility of the Omicron variant, Kay Burley on Sky had her favourite doctor, Dr David Lloyd. Let's speak to London-based GP, Dr David Lloyd now, should we? Hello to you, Dr Lloyd, a regular contributor to the programme. Of course, how concerned are we about the Omicron variant, Doctor? Good morning. How concerned to see Angie was flipping terrified. Well, I'm scared stiff like the rest of us, I think. He's scared stiff like the rest of us, he thinks. Um, I can't <laughs> tell you how deadly it's going to be or whether it's going to make any difference to... To, to hospital admissions. I have got some later... I, I don't know a fucking thing about it, but I tell you what, Kay, I'm scared stiff now, to be honest. I'm absolutely petrified. The Omicron variant, Doctor. Good morning. Well, I'm scared stiff like the rest of us, I think. <laughs> um, I can't tell you how deadly it's going to be or whether it's going to make any difference to, to, to hospital admissions. <laughs> I have got some latest information about what parents might look, af- look, la- look out for if they're worried their child may have Omicron. So... There is a little difference in the symptom presentation. What? I have the latest info on what parents should look out for in if if they think their child has Omicron. Why would parents be worried about their children having Omicron? Do tell. So things like fatigue and headache. Fatigue and headache. Uh, and loss of appetite. So- loss of appetite, that's pretty much every child in the country size. who doesn't want to eat their greens. Seem to be quite important. Kay. Go on, Kay. Kay. Uh, as, as does a rash. So we've always had a little small cohort of patients with, cohort, with COVID who are getting funny rashes, but up to 15% of the Omicron children uh, are getting a rash, an unusual rash as well. This is some lie now. I mean, we talked about Jeremy Vine allowing somebody to come onto his programme and lie. Th- there is nothing known about this Omicron thing. Nothing. Yet this guy has statistics about rash developing on children with the variant. Uh, as, as does a rash. Wow. So we've always had a little small cohort of patients with, cohort, with COVID who are getting funny rashes. But up to 15% of the Omicron children uh, are getting a rash, an unusual... The Omicron children. An unusual rash as well. <laughs> so uh, we're starting to learn a little bit more about the virus uh, and we're starting to look out for it. No, what you're doing is you're making it up as you go along. I wonder, do you get bonus points? Like like, te- like, like club card points, you know? Supermarkets, when you go through the checkouts and put your trolley of stuff and you scan all your goods and you pay your £80 or £90, they give you points. They give you points and if you get enough points, you get a voucher. I wonder is that how it goes with these liars like David Lloyd, just making it up. They give them points. Lloyd will go to his local butchers and... You know, you get a bit of extra steak on the Friday or the Saturday for, for, for telling outlandish lies on, on the television. No, the, the data suggests that it does double very quickly in the number of people that are in the community. So let's hope that it isn't as deadly as the, the Delta. and let's, As deadly as the Delta? Let's hope that we can get on top of it. So, yes, it's a, it's a concerning time. Concerning time. Kay? Um, scientists saying in the newspapers this morning that up to a third of people who think they've got a cold could actually have Omicron variant and so everyone should have a lateral flow test before they go out and mingle with a big group of people. If we flip that on its head, Doctor, we could be saying that um, the Omicron variant is actually, the symptoms are not as bad as they were for the Delta variant. Go on, Kay. 
Yes, I think you could infer that. But wasn't that an extraordinary thing? That I think he was all, the, the, the expert was also saying that anybody with a runny nose should stay at home. I mean, we've got a, a bizarre world at the moment, and uh, it's, uh, it's very complicated to navigate through. Very complicated to navigate through it. I'm scared stiff, David. I don't know about you. This is the Richie Allen Show. Tuesday's programme with me, your BBG. Very soon, I'll be taking your calls, by the way. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Uh, but as I said, if you don't want to speak to me personally, you can reach me through the website. Comment Live is on the menu bar. You can comment on what I'm saying, what others are saying. Hi to Alan in Liverpool who says, The Omicron children. Ah, yes, Richie. 70s rock tribute band. I might use that, says Alan. Not Nothing wrong with that. Hi to Nooshcom. Thanks for the link. I'll check it out a bit later on. Thank you. Uh, hi to Wayne. Hi to Neil. Hi to Bruce Potrell. How you doing, Bruce? Hi to Patrick, to everybody who's uh, on the chat today. Pandora, good afternoon. To Colin Graney as well. How are you, Colin? Lovely. Martin Foote is online. How you doing, Martin? He says, JV has just about everything his listeners have. That's Jeremy Vine. Virtuous narcissistic git. Virtuous narcissistic git. Surprised he's not dead by now. Don't be saying that, Martin. We don't wish ill will on any of these people. We become like them when we do. Angela says, God help us, Angie isn't like me, is she? <laughs> I don't think so, Angela. I don't think so. That was funny, that call, wasn't it? Triple jab day. Hey, had COVID, but goddamn that bitch in the shop who's got the mask hanging down from around her ear. And on, on a scale of COVID, if you have COVID, imagine it, that zero is you've not got any symptoms, and ten... Is ventilator time, you know. Angie, what was your COVID like? Ah, lasted for about four days. Lasted for about four days. You couldn't make it up, so you couldn't. I too, Lucky Gavin, who says, Richie, you should start a dating website. <laughs> These days, you can put your vax status on Tinder, says Gavin. Is that right, Gavin? I've never, ever, ever, ever looked at Tinder. Never looked at it. Well, of course, why would I? I'm I'm happily, I'm happily coupled. We're not like uh, Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow. There'll be no, there'll be no conscious uncoupling of me and Frogo Tremendo. No conscious uncoupling for the two of us. It's love to the end. So I wouldn't be looking at Tinder anyway, but I'd be scared of downloading the app just out of curiosity. Because knowing me, I'd forget to delete it. And then she'd see it. And then, well, think Nagasaki... Think Hiroshima and think the sun in terms of solar activity. I wouldn't be well for a while. I wouldn't be well for a while. Hi to Joe Public. No sound issues, Joe. All is well. We can accommodate a half a million listeners now, which is marvellous. We won't reach that uh, half a million listeners. We won't. Not now. Not soon. But uh, we're, we're doing half of that which is bloody good, I think. Hi to Joan in Canada. Did I mention Patricia? Did I, my pal? Patricia, I saw a message from you there, Patricia. I'll find it again in a moment. Bear with me. Uh, she says, the masks are back, Richie. Distancing is back. And if all goes along with the world's psychopaths, 
Uh, lockdown is next. It's Patricia in Zurich there. 27 and a half minutes past the hour. Thank you for your messages. I will be taking your calls now in a few minutes. There is a new... So, so you've got chat with Richie. You've got the phone numbers. There's a new Skype handle to use as well. Now, it's tentative because it's new. It's on a new computer. It's uh, talk to Richie. That's all one word. And as you know, there isn't a T in Richie. So it's talk to R-I-C-H-I-E. You might try that. I, I rigged it up because I like... When I first started doing the phone-ins, we, we used to have... It was more of a... It was more of a community thing. We had two, three, four callers on sometimes. And that was good. So I want to facilitate that again. Please keep it brief. I don't want your life story. That being said, if you have a life story that's very interesting, and if it is in any way relevant to the Richie Allen Show, get in touch with me and I'll facilitate you coming on the programme one way or another for an interview. But don't come on with me today with a big long-winded story. Don't have time for it. I want your opinions today on the things we've been talking about this week. And bear in mind there are other callers queuing up behind you. If you got on with me last time, and maybe even the time before, please don't call today. Here are the details again. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Thank you. And if I remember during the phone in, I, I will go back to the comments again. If I don't, forgive me. It's just the way it's going to be. Here's a, a tune from Van the Man Morrison then. And after this, it's you and it's me. Tuesday's programme, the 7th of December. The BBG with you till 7 o'clock. You're very welcome. Van Morrison, dark, bright side of the street, dark side of the road. Richie Allen Show, 28 minutes to 27 and a half minutes to the top of the hour. Thank you uh, for all the messages on the website this afternoon. I really appreciate that. It's uh, brilliant to be with you. It always is. Straight to the mobile phones. Caller, you're very welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? I'm speaking to Mike DJ, Rich. Mike. Is it Mike? The line is not great, yeah. Mike. How are you doing? Welcome, Mike. I'm not too bad. Not too bad. Just to say you're an absolute legend. Listen to you every day. Long time listener. And just keep up the good work, mate. Oh, thanks very much, Mike. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, thank you, Richie. Thank you, Richie. Like I said, you're a beacon of light in a in a world of dark at the moment. You're, you're very kind to say that, Mike. We spoke with Mike before. That line is absolutely terrible. Mike, thanks for that. That's uh, much appreciated. It really is. Uh, you've got the contact details on the website, richieallen.co.uk. Get on there if you don't know them. Otherwise, I'll, I'll play this thing again in a moment. Back to the phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Oh, uh, this is Alan in Vancouver, Canada. Alan in Vancouver, you're very welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, uh, uh, great, Richie. Um, uh, I won't give you the regular accolades because I'm sure you've heard them before. Thanks very much, um, Alan. Let's so, save time. Uh, Go ahead. I'll just tell you my brief, brief situation. I'm uh, close to 60. I'm a relatively successful businessman and accountant. And my problem with uh, you know dealing with anybody in Canada, or not anybody, but the, the people who are don't believe that the... I'll call it anti-vaxxers. I hate that term, but I'll use it. Um, when you confront them with other data, they, they absolutely don't want to believe it. And 
I'm, I'm baffled by it because these are people who have been my friends for decades, you know, and educated people. And they turn around and some of them, they blame me because they can't go to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, it's just bizarre. They blame you, Alan, because they can't take a trip to Hawaii. And they're blaming you because you've not been jabbed. That's what they'll say. You're one of those. And what do you say in response yeah. to that? Well, there's a, there's a, I try and hold my cool and, uh, you know, and try and kill him with kindness kind of thing. But occasionally I do lose it. It's just like, well, you know, what are you talking about? It's like, who are you to tell me what I should put in my body? You know, and um, it's really distressing, Richie. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I haven't taken the jab. I, I can't say I'm anti-vax. It's just I'm everything I look at this just doesn't seem it's for me. The last time I took a flu shot, I think it was about 10 years ago with that H1N1. I got the sickest I ever been, so that's my personal reaction, and I, I tell people that I don't tell them they should what they should or shouldn't do, and I don't seem to be again. These are with people that I've known and trusted in my entire life, and you know I, they snicker behind my back. I can tell they are right. Yeah, I, I've had that. I'm sure most people listening to the program tonight have had that as well. You said you had a bad reaction to H1N1. Remind me, is that bird flu or swine flu? Which one was it? Oh, sorry, I, 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 I think it was the H1N1. It was about 10 years ago when I took the flu shot. Well, and, swine um, flu, yeah. And, no, no, I didn't. It wasn't the, 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 the flu itself, Richie. It was the, uh, uh, the flu shot, which I'd never taken before. And I got the, I thought, tell you, man, I got the sickest I've ever been. It sounds like the COVID is just as bad, right, other than, you know, if it's really bad that, you know, you've got to go into hospital. And I'm not dismissing that it's, that it can't be difficult for some people. It's just, uh, you know, and there's, and when I, you know, when I tell people, like, there's reactions, just go, don't make, don't take my word for it. Go to the CDC, go to the Canadian government website. And they're, they're not fully approved vaccines and people don't believe me, right? This is it. And I don't know what, I mean, I don't know what else I can do, you know, other than I just try and keep living my life, right? As long as we're allowed to do that. And listen, I, I did understand yeah. that you, you, I did understand you when you said the jab itself made you very sick. I was just trying to re- remember what the jab was for H1N1. Was it for swine flu or, or bird flu? I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. I was at my kid's daycare and they had a, they had a, a flu shot, um, like a pop-up flu shot thing there. And I, my wife said, oh, yeah, this one's really bad this year. You should take it. I said, yeah, okay. I didn't think anything of it, right? Yeah, I mean, I've... So, that, that, yeah. so that's my personal experience with it. So other people don't have that, and that's fine, right? But then you go ahead and do what you should do. But I'm telling you my experience, and it makes me really nervous, right? Could they... And I'm, you know, people think I'm crazy. <laughs> well, you're, Alan, I don't have to tell you, because you already know you are not crazy or anything like crazy. I know that, yeah. Know C- that. Can I ask, is... Could the pressure become such to have the jab? Could life be made difficult enough for you that you might end up going along with it and getting it? Well, I, I hate to say it, Richie, but um, I, you know, because I, I don't know that it's you know. I mean, we we read the you know the Doctor McCullers and McCullers and and uh, Doctor Martins and all the the wonderful people you have on your show, and it's not again not that I don't believe them, but you know, you know, there's. Uh, well, you know, the, the frustrating thing, just let me just go off on a just slight tangent here, is, like, is that no mainstream show uh, will ever bring on, you know, two doctors with opposing opinions and let them have at it, right? So, that's right. Again, that's another thing that makes me nervous is like, you know, when you're, you know, and I'm also a trained auditor, and when usually somebody's not trying to give you information, they're usually trying to hide something, okay? So, uh, um, so 
So yeah, the answer is like, could I? I, I may have to. I mean, you can't you can't leave Canada now without the jab. I mean, there's the irony of uh, like, geez, like maybe I could move to Florida or, or um, you know, or Mexico or somewhere. Although I, I wouldn't because I still have a family with a, I have a son in my teens in his teens, and I, you, you know, there's no way I would leave him. That would be um, that would go against every sort of fiber of my being. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, I, I, I may have to, and hopefully, you know, it, it won't be bad, but I'm, I'm holding out for basically they're going to have to come in and, and pin me down to do it. Right. Yeah. You and me both. It's really honest. I, I, I can't say, I can't say never, but I, but, but it, it, it's about as never as that Richie. Right. Yeah. But you're honest. I mean, who knows what sort of pressure might be brought to bear. And just a final quick word, Alan, what are things like in Vancouver at the moment? Generally, what sort of restrictions are you? Oh, we, we, We've got we've got the um, the lockdown similar to Scotland, like so you know you can't go to a pub, and I'm you know I never short of enjoying a pint, Richie. So uh, yeah. you know that that imposition on my lifestyle has been somewhat healthy, actually. So <laughs> they might have done me a favor, right? Um, yeah. But but yeah, just I know there's just a quick irony is that the, the the swimming pools are open, so that's one of the you know the, you can't go to a gym, but you can go to the swimming pool. So I was there last night, and the place was like to use a British term, chalk block. And they're, the steam room's open, right? The, the, the whirlpool is just filled with, you know, people with little kids, as packed as it could be, okay? And so nobody's got masks on, and you don't need a vaccine passport Madness. to get into the pool. What, what does that say to you and me? That just says arbitrary. Well, it's arbitrary nonsense, yeah, isn't it? That's, that's, that's it. And, I, and I, have, I have contacted my MLA quite politely through emails and phone calls, He's like, can you please give me the data that, that you, you know of of how you arrived at this decision? And they, you know, they they emailed back saying, well, here's a link to the uh, you, you know the the health uh, um, the the health minister, the health secretary's speech. And I write them back, say, well, I was looking for data sets, you know, minutes to meetings, uh, how they came up with that conclusion. Did they do a cost benefit analysis? And you know, crickets. So, crickets. Alan, what a fantastic way to kick off the program. Uh, from Vancouver. Thanks for calling in, mate. I wish you nothing yeah. but the best in the coming weeks and months. And Merry yeah. Christmas. Cheers, Richard. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll cheer for the Salford Reds. Uh, do, do for the Salford Reds and the Salford Red Devils, the rugby league team as well. Thanks so much. Uh, that was uh, Alan in Vancouver there. Um, we've got Aaron uh, on the line, on the other line. Aaron, welcome to the programme. How are you? In Vancouver there. Let's turn me off Aaron, in the background. Uh, on the line, on the other line. Aaron, welcome to the programme. How are you? No way. Have you got me on Skype? I've got you on Skype, yeah, Major. Okay. Welcome yeah, to the there, program. Right? How are you? Okay, I need to put you on speaker. Just a minute. God, how to do this? Right. Well, we. I was hearing you. I was hearing you loud and clear there. Through, man. Thanks for answering. Thanks for everything you do. Not, not at all. Don't be silly, Aaron. Where, where are you calling you from? Me? Richie. Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear. Richie. All right, he's gone. I think he might have muted himself. Did you mute yourself, Richie, Aaron? Can you hear me? We can hear you. You can't hear us, and you could hear us a moment ago. So we'll come back uh, to Aaron momentarily. We will do that. Uh, mobile phone next, then. Uh, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Are you watching the Scottish Open? Hello? I'm not watching the Scottish Open. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Uh, hi there, who am I talking to? Hello, Richie, it's Jeff. How you doing, Jeff? Not welcome. So bad, mate, thanks. It's been a long time, Jeff. We, we've spoken <laughs> before, though. You're welcome back. How are you? Well, uh good some days and not so good in other days. What's happening at the moment? It's a bit like you, really. You get those days, don't you, where it um, really gets to you and you get really angry. Yeah. Um, other days, you just think, ah, oh, sod it, who cares? And, you know, we just got to carry on, haven't we? 
Do we need to embrace those other days when we think, sod it, who cares? Do we need to hang on to that, Jeff? I think we do, don't we? I mean, that's that's the problem. And I think, um, yeah, it's it's great to listen to you and listen to some comedy, really. I think we just need more more comedy. Just, just make fun of it all, because it's such rubbish. It's such nonsense. When you hear stuff like we heard today, when you hear them blatantly making things up on the spot, Jeff, you know, know. They, 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 on the one hand, they say, oh, uh, children, 15% of children who've got this Omicron thing, they come out with a rash. And in the same sentence, they say, we haven't a clue. We don't know anything about this. No, it's, it's, it's high comedy, Jeff, at times. Yeah, just everything is inverted. Whatever you see on mainstream, everything is, is inverted. It's a complete opposite. What do you, um, what, what, and look, looking ahead the next, the, over the next couple of weeks, we, we've got, what, two and a half weeks or thereabouts to, uh, uh, to Christmas. Uh, no, yeah, two and a half weeks or thereabouts. How do you see things developing now, Jeff, in the next few weeks? Well, I think personally, there's, there's a lot being sort of made of this possible cancelling Christmas and locking down and telling you, where, you know, you need to cancel your relations and all that. I mean, I ignore that crap anyway, but... I think what they're more likely to do is lock down in January and then Johnson will look as if, oh, you know, I, I saved Christmas and I, you know, some people will think he's good because he's done that because that's the way I see it going. I don't know. but um, And if they did do that in January, and I think you might be right, at that stage, pretty much I would imagine a lot of talk will be around it's our fault. It's your fault oh, yeah. and my fault because we haven't been jabbed. And then oh, absolutely. what yeah. might come out of that then, Jeff, might be some discussion around mandatory vaccination. Well, you know, I've been thinking a lot about mandatory vaccination. I try not to think about it, to be honest, because it just scares me, really. But, I mean, I'm the same as you. They're going to have to tie me down and force it into me. But, but at that, I thought, well, at that point, and say you've got a nurse or whatever who's going to put that into you, if you just say to them before they do it, you know, I'm not giving you permission to do this. If you put that in me, that will be assault. Yeah, absolutely. And what right. will they do? Will they then just do it anyway? What, what, what did we hear from the lovely lawyer who was on the programme a couple of weeks back? Um, Anna de, de Buissere, didn't she say it's, it's, it's technically battery, isn't yes, it? When you, when you say, I don't want that, thank you. Sticking yes. it in is an assault, yeah, exactly. as you said, they call it battery, yeah. Yeah, so, so what I'm thinking is, how can they possibly achieve this mandatory vaccination? I don't see it's possible. I hope you're right. And you know, when I talk about that, I don't do it because I want people to be depressed listening to me. I, mm. I, I talk about it because I genuinely believe they may attempt to do it in the new year. And I only talk about it to prepare people for the possibility. Yeah. It's not to bring people down or to upset them because it's the last thing in the world I want to do. But mm. um, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty certain they're going to try and do that, Jeff. No, and the ministers we've heard on, you know, places like talk radio and, and GB News, places like that, they won't condemn it. They, they won't say these countries are wrong that are doing it. Yeah. So, so they're leaving. They're open to it for sure, you know. Um, and I've seen a few speeches in in Parliament online with some pretty good people, uh, pretty good MPs. But if you look around, it's nearly empty. You know, no one's listening. Jesus. It's it's so sad. I mean, I reckon there's maybe five, ten MPs, really good people, but no one's listening to them. I mean, it's incredible, really. Yeah, you've got the you've got the COVID recovery group guys, don't you? You got Mark Harper, 
Yeah. You've got Desmond Swain, you've got a few others. They seem to be yeah. absolutely aghast. But they also seem, and I'm not. this is not in any way to criticise them, they seem to be almost paralysed by what's happening. So they, they go to talk radio and they speak openly about it. But yeah. it par- from a parliamentary point of view, Jeff, there isn't anything they can do about it. Nothing. I don't think there is, no. no. I don't think there is. Um, I, I don't know. I just don't see an end to this, really. Uh, I, I don't know. Anytime <laughs> it's so soon. difficult to know, isn't it? Are you looking forward to Christmas in spite of everything? I, I, I'm not a huge fan of Christmas, but yes, I, I do look forward. And of course, whatever rules he brings in will be ignored by me. I don't care what anybody thinks about that. I've ignored the rules from March 2020. Top man, Jeff. I've done absolutely nothing that they told me to do. Why should but anybody... having said that, I mean, I'm very lucky because I live in a rural area. So I've been out and about and done everything I would normally do. Um, obviously, I can't go to pubs that are closed and things like that. But um, So I, I don't know why people... It just amazes me that people will watch television and wait for that turd in a suit to come on and tell <laughs> you what you're allowed to do. That uh, just... That's, blows my mind. That's the best characterization of him that I've heard all day today. That takes the blue, ah, the blue seriously. ribbon. Jeff, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. I've got, I think I've got Aaron back on. I'm just, just genuinely be nice to reconnect with you, mate. Thanks for uh, the bit of wisdom there and your own thoughts on it. I hope you have a nice Christmas. I'm pretty sure we'll talk again in, yeah, keep uh, in up the new the comedy year. Stuff, Richie. Whatever you do, keep up the comedy. Keep it funny because it amuses me. Just keep laughing at them. You got to, haven't you? Thanks, Jeff. Lovely to hear from you again. Lovely bloke, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff, for that. Um, I think we do have Aaron back. I hope we've Thanks, did the audio session, uh, the audio problems. Aaron, if you turn me down there, because I can hear myself in the background, which I shouldn't be able to do, turn me down while we have a chat. Aaron, are you there? Can we hear you? Richie, can you hear me? Loud and clear, mate. Welcome to the programme. How are things? Richie. We've got you. I know it works. I think you might have muted yourself. Richie, can you hear me? No, we've got to get, but you've got to stop that. We 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 can hear him loud and clear, and I know there isn't anything wrong my end. So we've got to maybe come at that another way in a moment. The contact details are on the website. They're also uh, I'll play the jingle at some stage, but they're on the website richieallen.co.uk. Caller on Skype. Welcome to the program. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. This is Dominique. Did you say Anit? Dominique. Oh, Dominique, excuse me, my blooming headphones. Dominique, welcome to the programme. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Asher, I'm hanging on in there. I'm all the better now you're here. Where are you calling from? <laughs> I'm calling from northern Spain. In northern Spain, eh, you lucky bugger. It's, uh, well, it's p- piddling down again. here. Piddling, Dominique. And you're there in yeah. glorious northern yeah. Spain. You're very welcome to the programme. What would you like to talk about? Well, I would like to talk about perhaps the situation here in Spain and maybe my thoughts that are that it doesn't necessarily matter, I think, what the law says. My concern is what the local, the people that are in authority at the local level think, because I, I believe that if the local policeman thinks that he can come and arrest you because you're not wearing a mask or not vaccinated, then that's what will happen to you. And if they believe that they can come and hold you down and inject you, then I think that's what will happen, regardless of what the law says. So are you saying, Dominique, that 
it might be prudent to engage with people at a local level, those who are wearing the uniforms, for example? Um, yes, I think I mean, where I am in Spain, um, most of our neighbours are vaccinated. I don't actually know anybody, any of our Spanish neighbours that are vaccinated. So for us in our particular situation, um, we try to, I try to keep a bit of a low profile and in the hope that I might just be able to write this out for as long as possible. Um, but I think the police here are quite brutal. Uh, last year I escaped a fine, a uh, €3,000 fine, because I was caught outside in the middle of nowhere, miles or anywhere, on a country lane um, without a mask on. And I think the police here in Spain are, are really quite aggressive. And perhaps in your own country, in your own community, so you might know your, your um, policeman maybe better. But I think where I am, um, I prefer to keep a low profile and stay under the radar as much as possible. Yeah, which is understandable. But I, I, I do kind of like the idea of politely conversing with, you know, local police, you know, the policia locale, for example. You know, I spent some years in Spain and mm. chatting about the local football team or, you know, the the, the three the, the, the three kings, whatever. And then gently inserting into the conversation, look, don't you think this is tyrannical that we could be told to stay at home or that we could be told to wear masks? I mean, come on, I know you're wearing a uniform and everything, but you surely you don't go along with this. Why not, Dominique? Why not? I'll try anything now. Yeah, I think I think we we are at war and we have got to try everything in our toolbox to try and get through for sure. I completely agree with what you're saying. So so being kind of rural and Jeff was on before you and Jeff is kind of rural as well. And mm-hmm. my great friend Jean Anne in, in Cleggan on the west of, of Ireland, they're getting bit of uh, rough weather at the moment but um, it seems to be a better place to be than in the cities it must be it must be better being where you are absolutely it's it's uh it's very rural here and we've got very few neighbors and we've got a very good relationship with our neighbors here that's important even in the worst of the lockdowns last year when um, you were only allowed out to exercise one hour a day at a specific time Many of our neighbours would sneak out into the forest and the hills in the back, or even they would still come down round for tea or coffee when, of course, it was forbidden. So it's 100% be much better being rural. You have your space and the nature surrounding you, and you know neighbours who really don't want to comply with the craziness. But they know that they can get away with it if they, if they, you know, are discreet. But how? But Dominique, how surreal did it feel last year when they said you may only leave home for an hour a day to do some exercise? How surreal did it feel as an adult lady going into the woods with your neighbours to try and dodge the police so that you could be outdoors? I mean, that must have felt absolutely bizarre. It was incredible, and it's still incredible. I knew last year what was happening. I knew what it was all about. And I tried to engage in my neighbours and 
you know, I would even show them information in Spanish. And I have to say, you know, I tried for a long, 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 long time. Um, but they, when they get that phone call to have their injection, it's like, well, I've been called, so I've got to go. Right. It's almost like there's no hesitancy. I've been called, so I, I've been told I've got to have it, so that's what I'm going to do. But before the injections, it was... It was just insane, and even even going in the car, we, you were only allowed one person in the car, so you couldn't go out with more than one person in the car. And there was police checks everywhere. You'd get stopped and asked what you're doing, and you'd have to show what you were doing. Nazi Germany. It was insane. Yeah. It's not as bad as that now. Um, I'm really grateful for that. Spain really seems to be avoiding the worst of it at the moment, but we all know what's coming. We all so, know what's coming, yeah. Yeah, I'm just taking every day at a time and being grateful for what I've got here at the moment and trying to do the things that I love and staying positive. I think it's really important to keep your energy levels high and continue to do the things that you love doing. Tell me this, Isabel. Um, are you, you're not originally Spanish. You sound like you might be Scottish. I am Scottish, yes. Fantastic. And how long have you lived in the north of Spain? Um, I've lived in the north of Spain about six or seven years. Fantastic. Mm. Some change of some change of life coming from the UK to, to Spain, eh? Yeah, it's a, it's a big change of life. I've got a, a, five acres of land and I try to grow my own vegetables and be as self-sufficient as possible. And I think that's really what everybody needs to be trying to do. To How's it going? It. How's it going for you growing the vegetables and trying to be self-sustainable, self-sufficient? It's fantastic. We're, I'm, I'm almost self-sufficient and, and all my vegetables. I'm vegetarian anyway. So, um, fantastic. yeah, it's going really well. I might be asking you, is there any room for somebody to pick the vegetables for you on the land, maybe in a year or two when, when things yeah, get no. really bad? <laughs> I tell you what, Dominique, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thanks a million for getting through and uh, do stay in touch with us, please. Will do, and thanks for taking my call, and thanks for everything that you do. We really appreciate it, and I look forward to listening to you the nights that you're on and at weekends as well. Thanks, Dominique. Lovely, lovely of you to say that. Thank you. That's Dominique, who's originally from Scotland, has been in northern Spain for about seven years. How lovely, and uh, is pretty much self-sufficient there with the old veg. Isn't that great? Um, Aaron, I'm going to try and get Aaron back. I'll, I'll, I'll try again because uh, well, we, we have to try again, don't we? Let me see, can we get Aaron back? Let me see, can we get Aaron back? Uh, do drop me uh, a line through the website as well. It's richieallen.co.uk, comment live at the very top of the page. That's comment live at the top of the page. Okay, I'm going to try and get Aaron back. Uh, in fact, he might be back. Is this you, Aaron? Oh my God, I got through. Excellent. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Beat to Jeepers. Do you know what you were doing earlier? You somehow were muting your mic by mistake. It must have been that. Yeah, it's the first time I've used it, man. So uh, so yeah, I've just downloaded it specially so I could uh, talk to you today. So thanks for having me on. Not at all. I think we spoke a long time ago, but we definitely spoke. I'm pretty sure I've, we, I have a good memory. We didn't. I di I did, did we not? I sent, I sent, I sent you mail. Mails, um, Basically, I'm a, I'm a musician. I, well, I'll not give you the story of my life, but I, I, obviously, like most musicians, I lost everything overnight. So, um, so yeah, that was a bit of a nightmare when everything first started. So, and what uh, about now? Yeah. What about now? Like, I mean, uh, yeah, it's picked, it's picked up a bit now. I mean, we, we're, we're sort of like a high, uh, high end function band. So we play stuff like the Ali Pally and we support the Happy Mondays. Um, I'm from Chesterfield, you know, who beat Salford the other day. Am I even going to get into it? 
Uh, <laughs> Did you go? I can't remember. No, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, this season, having had a yeah. season ticket for season one, this season I've not gone back. Right, and right, and it's okay. to do with rules around going into the bar and 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 keeping distance and wearing the masks in oh, the bar. They've kept right, all of that yeah. nonsense, Aaron. So no uh-huh. thanks made. I'd love to be going every other Saturday. But, yeah, uh, yeah, but, definitely. But, yeah, but I, I don't want I, to put I still up. Still go to Chesterfield matches. We're, we're top of the national league now. We've we've got Chelsea in the next round. You got Chelsea in the, in the next round. It's going to be a fantastic <laughs> uh, day out for you. So 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 what 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 has your football club been like then this season? Um, it's yeah, we're top of the national league. No, no, I don't mean. I know. I know you're doing really well on the on the pitch, but in terms of all of this COVID garbage, how is Chesterfield oh, uh, approaching? Yeah, nothing, nothing. Maybe it's because we 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 are uh, we're not actually in the league anymore, which is a bit of an embarrassment after hundred you know over a hundred yeah. years. We're fifth, fifth oldest club in the in, in the uh, in the world. Um, so I so yeah, it, it was good when we went down, but uh, but yeah, no no restrictions really. You know, it's 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 all absolutely normal. So yeah, great great to great to see really. Fantastic. What about what's so, yeah. what, what about what's um, kind of unfolding now as we get towards Christmas? By the way, congratulations oh. supporting the Mondays and playing the Ali Pali. Top oh, man, that's, was, that's, that's success. Man. Well, the other thing I want to say, I've got a new single out, and you're on the front cover. Uh, along with Dolores uh, Cahill. Uh, I did try and get in touch with you about it. What I, the I hell I would... am I doing on the front cover of your single? Well, I've, I've got all my heroes on there. So I've got like kind of bands like Jellyfish and the Beatles and, and uh, you know, Jim Morrison and Kurt Cobain on there as well. But then, you know, you're on there with uh, Dolores as well. So, uh, you know, got to spread the love about, haven't you? You have to. I, I feel a bit of deja vu all over again. We had Tommy two <laughs> weeks ago. I'm sending you an email address now while I speak with you. Get me, okay. the, get me, this, cool. get me the MP3 of the single to the email address and I'll close the program with it today. Oh mate, that's amazing. Get Thank over you so it. I did much. it for Tommy. I've got an anti uh, I've got an anti lockdown song as well, so I'll keep in touch with that and uh, yeah, see what you think. But uh, but yeah, the main reason I called, uh, I'm going to go out to Mexico to shoot a couple of videos for my new, new singles. But uh, the main reason I called is I'm whilst I'm there I'm going to a place called Morelia. Uh, and they've got something called the Greater Reset. Have you heard about that? No, I have not. Tell me more. Right. So it's it's a bit like well, Dolores Cahill is speaking there, and and, and Max Egan, and um, a lot the main the main guy is Derek Bros. But uh, but basically, uh, a lot of awakened people are going there, and um, yeah, it, it's it's a big conference. Uh, Robert Ken- Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Kennedy Jr. Is it? Uh, yeah, they're all going to be there speaking and. The main thing is, I mean, what I've gleaned from it is um, the idea of agorism and, and the agor, which is looking at the counter economy. And it's a little bit like um, Rachel Elnor was advocating as well. Uh, you know, don't feed the beast. Basically, turn your back on it and, and make. we've got to make the whole new world, Richie. It's going to require enormous amounts of people, though. No, no I'm not being negative. I'm just being, uh-huh. I'm being factual. It's going oh, to it's take an thing, enormous yeah. amount of people coming together for that to work, isn't it? So so when uh-huh. Rachel was talking about it here, I, I liked it. Uh, you're talking about it, I like it. But how mm-hmm. do you even begin to go about convincing uh, well, people this, that this, this is, is the way? What they, this is what they're talking about at the uh, conference. And they've got all last year's conference on as well. Well, there were two, actually. There was one um, January last year. And these are all online for everyone to, to find. So it's, it's www.thegreaterreset.com. Dot org. I'm not. I'm not anything to do with it. I'm not selling it. I'm, apart from it's just a great. It's a great idea. Um, so so yeah, they're all available. They've talked about it at length, um, and you know the, the, these plans are just starting to come to fruition. Uh, communities are building. I think it's really positive actually. But obviously, the last couple of weeks they've really ramped up the fear, haven't they? 
Well, they have, yeah. And what what we've heard a lot of in the last couple of weeks, we've heard a lot of discussions about what to do about the unjabbed. You know, I've I've covered it here quite a bit lately and that's not Mm -hmm. going away anytime soon. Speaking to Jeff about that earlier on, Mm -hmm. early next year, I reckon, maybe springtime, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about that. I mean, you going to Mexico now, you'll have to take tests, won't you? You will have to do uh, No, that. no, it's one of the only non-crazy places in the world, which is, yeah, a bit of a weird thing to say. But, but what about coming um, back no, to the UK, Aaron? Will you have coming to Coming take... back, right. I'm, I mean, right. I'm, I'm looking at a bit of the common law route. I'm actually in touch with Rachel Eleanor. She's uh, um, friends with uh, a mutual friend who teaches common law. But um, I'm looking at maybe, yeah, I mean... I just want to get out there and, and kind of um, I, I really need to get out for myself as well. man. I, I split with my girlfriend and and sort of uh, of eight years and that's all COVID related as well. So I, I just need to get out there and worry about getting back when uh, uh, when it comes to it. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I've thought it, thought it through properly, but I, I need to I need to get a lawyer on my side as well. You know, so uh, sometimes you have to have a leap. Uh, look, I won't dwell on the, the what you said about the girlfriend, but that's. Mm-hmm. That's 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 terrible. That I'm, I'm imagining yeah, I mean, you, you you saw it a bit differently. Is that how? Is that how? No, it... no. What what came about? What started it was um, she wasn't very well, um, and then so she uh, we actually lived around the corner from each other. We had a gig, um, and she didn't come. Um, but then uh, we had another gig a few days later, um, and someone found out that uh, she wasn't very well and tried to get the gig cancelled. Can you believe that? No. But yeah, I, you know, I can't get my breath. And I, because it was a mum's next door neighbour. So I called her mum up and just went absolutely mental at her on the phone. And there's not a lot of coming back from it. I mean, we weren't going to earn loads from it or anything, but it was just that, you know, a year and a half of no income. And then somebody tried to do that. I mean, that's the sort of world we're living in. It's absolutely disgusting, man. All that curtain twitching that went on last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All so, of that garbage. Yeah, you, you know, I've fallen out with, a, you know, uh, you know, my sister and, and uh, brother-in-law and uh, nephews and niece and, and mum and dad. And, you know, I, I just need to get away, man. It, it'll, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. I mean, I'm, I'm going to find a hopefully, you know, a, a lot of uh, awakened souls. And, um, yeah, there's a group at Awaken Mexico. Uh, it's It would seem a lot of people are flocking there, you know, like, like I say, including Max Egan. Yeah, that's right. Some A friend of mine was mentioning this to me recently about Mexico being... You know, a possible place for 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 not for me, but for that person to move to, thinking life might be a bit easier there. But you're always, of course, then at the mercy of a change of government, aren't you? And so again, I don't yes, want to be true, negative. True, I'm just true. saying this because it's true. You know, you no, have to no, think about that stuff. Valid point, isn't it? That's Aaron, do um, do send me over. I've just sent you the email address. Do send over the uh, the single, and um, I'll give it a whirl. Uh, a bit, Great a bit stuff, later though. on. Really yeah. appreciate that. No, and, uh, and I'll post the uh, cover on on the uh, on the live chat as well. Comment live there, or or send it, send send it with the email. Yes, of course. Yeah, right, it, I'll do that. Send it with the email, and good luck Absolutely. on your travels. And do stay in touch with me because you'll have the email address now, and let us know how that travelling went. That's brilliant, lovely. Thank you for taking the call, Richie. Not Thanks at all, for everything Aaron. you do. Really appreciate it, mate. Not at all, mate. Lovely to speak with you. Aaron, they're a very successful musician, obviously. And um, the best of luck to him on his travels. Uh, the absolute best of luck to him on his travels. It's exactly six minutes past six o'clock. It's the Richie Allen Show for Tuesday. I'm taking your calls. Here are the details. It's your call. Skype. 
chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. And I'm going to the mobile phone again, just giving you a heads up in case I forget to mention it later on. I'm not with you tomorrow. I have a day off. That's because I've got a bit of personal business to attend to that's taking up pretty much the entire day tomorrow. So rather than try and scramble and get on air, I'm not going to do that to myself. So I'm back with you on Thursday at five o'clock. Okay, so I'm away tomorrow, Wednesday, and back with you on Thursday. And there is another day before Christmas, I've been invited to my accountant. I've, my accountant is a big firm in Manchester. They're lovely people. And uh, they're connected to Hayden Hewitt. They're having a bash on a Thursday afternoon, a bit of a Christmas bash. I'm going to go to that because I've not been out. I've not had a day out for over a year. So I'm going to that. I think it might be Thursday week. I'm not sure. I haven't a clue. I'll let you know. Anyway, we're back to the mobile phones. Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello, Richie. My name's Stephen. How are you doing, Stephen? Where are you calling from, pal? Uh, I'm calling from Colchester, but I'm from Liverpool. But you're originally from Liverpool. I love Liverpool. And it's been ages. It's been ages since we drove across. Myself and herself, we regular visitors to the amazing Liverpool. You're in Colchester. Uh, Stephen, excuse me, frog in my throat. What would you like to say, my friend? It's over to you. Uh, Well, I'd like to talk about my late dad, who passed away in August. Um, I watched the documentary on Iconic, as I know, about the Madazalam. Right. And... Uh, just a lot, a lot of horrible stuff happened while he was in hospital. You know, um, DNR notices that were put on him, and he was put on midazolam without us knowing. And when we found out, he we got him to we got him off the midazolam, and his blood oxygen levels increased straight away, like the next day. And uh, we've I've complained with a very thorough document sent it into PALS, which is a patient's advice complaint team uh, at the A3 hospital. And they haven't got back to me. They should have got back to me about three weeks ago. And no, it's just, um, I think they're trying to avoid helping me out. Stephen, give us give us the timeline. Don't mention the hospital and don't mention any of the doctors, right? Because it might get me into a lot of trouble. And, okay, uh, but, 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 but let's, let's do the timeline. Um, I, when they say on TV that they're sorry, I don't know whether they mean it or not. I mean it. I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, right. Losing your old man. I'm genuinely sorry for you and your family. I can't imagine how difficult it is. It's only been a few weeks ago. Um, so you said, God rest him, he passed away in August. And before yeah. that, you knew he was on midazolam and you managed to, to, to put a hold to that and you said the oxygen levels in the blood went up so he kind of made a bit of an improvement. What happened after that? Yeah. So, so basically, we were told he was going to die through the night, and that was on Wednesday, sorry, Thursday the 19th. And we were allowed to come in and see him on the Thursday, and we got the priest out and everything like that. And he didn't look like a dying man. He, he, he looked well, and he, we had a conversation with him, this, that, and the other. And we left him. Couldn't believe he was uh, dying. Next day, we go in. Visit him early in the morning, and he looked like he was dying. His lips were blue, his fingernails were blue, and he was absolutely comatose in the bed. And we just stood there, looked at him, and my brother was just in, in awe of it. Like you were and, shocked. Yeah, yeah. 
Now, did, did either you or your um, brother ask... Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, Stephen, my apologies. Did, did either you or your brother ask the doctors what happened overnight? He seemed to be doing well yesterday and now he's in a very bad place. What happened? Did you ask that? Did you get any answers? No, we didn't ask that, no, because... Uh, You're in the shock. The first thing I'd done when, I, when we walked into the room was, as well as being shocked at what we've seen, where yeah. I looked at, you know, the blue book, the patient medical records they had next to the bed. And on the first page, midazolam, morphine, 10 milligrams each, syringe driver. Hang and on a second. Under his bed Sorry. Sorry, Stephen, hang on. So after you'd petitioned the doctors or, or asked them or told them to take him off midazolam, and they did, you're saying that in the interim period, they went and gave him more midazolam and morphine? Uh, no, no, sorry, mate. A little bit confused, the timeline there. Um, no, that's um, me. That's me. I'm an idiot. So, no, no. Sorry about that. Go ahead. Uh, that's okay. Uh, no, my bad. Uh, so uh, that was the day we found out he was on him with that one. Right. Okay. The day after he told us he was going to die. So this is on the Thursday, and as soon as as soon as we find out he was on him with that one, uh, I, t- I took a few pictures of it on my phone, and then the nurse came in and said, "Oh, you're not allowed to see these patient medical records," and took them away. We're not allowed to see them. I told him get him off the medazolam immediately, and then we had some words with the doctor who proceeded to tell us a load of lies that, oh, we couldn't swallow his medication, this is why we gave him the Midazolam, and it's for to ease his anxiety and his respiratory problems, this, that, and the other, which was a, 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 absolute blatant lies, what he was telling us. Um, and the next day, we stayed up all night doing some research and came in to speak to the doctor again. Um, we brought my own pulse oximetry so I could test his blood oxygen levels uh, and Saturday morning he was okay because he, he, the Azlam had worn off and he was okay. Blood oxygen levels were in the 90s, which was significant improvement from like 75 or something it was the day before while he was on the Azlam. So I had some words with the doctor and I've got some uh, audio recordings of the conversation where she's tipping herself up, lying. Uh, she, she denies that Madazalam causes respiratory depression uh, when I had actual NIH documents printed out Which it does. I was reading to it and showing her charts and graphs of this is what this is what you're doing to people yeah. and she, she just dismissed it Can we come back to that in a second? Because um, yeah. look we're going to make a few minutes time for this obviously let's, let's come back to that in a minute he comes off the midazolam, it, it, it starts yeah. to leave his system after a couple of days. And he, yeah. your dad looks like, uh, he looks 100% better and he seems to be doing yeah. well. At what point from then did he deteriorate and why did he deteriorate? Yeah, so funny enough, my mum was in the same hospital suffering with COVID on the same ward. So she was two, two doors down in, in room seven, my dad was in room nine. We had off on Sunday the 27th. We decided we'll, we'll go in and see him the, the next day because we was uh, tired, this, that, and the other, and um, we thought we'd get better. Anyway, um, Sunday, he was okay. Monday, my mum came out of hospital. She was released, even though she still had COVID symptoms. And that was because she was kicking up a fuss at the level of care that everybody was getting in there. And also... And later that day, on the Monday when my mum had left, my dad was put into a room on his own and he was babbling. 
he, he couldn't get a, a sentence out of him. He was, uh, his, his head was gone. So he'd gone he'd down. Gone. He'd gone downhill in that time. Within about eight hours, yeah, he'd gone from being totally compromised into into yeah, Babylon. And did anybody man. did anybody try to explain the rapid deterioration in his condition? No, we we, we tried asking them, but it's just just the way he was. They've been telling us for days that oh, he's delusional, he's non-compromised, this, that, and the other. He's hallucinating, low oxygen levels, this, that, and the other. But um, I've, I've been looking through the medical records today and over the past like month, uh, and. The day before he started the Madrasalam, he was 100% compromised. He, he was he, he was fine. His oxygen levels were up. Then he decided to put him on, on that. Oxygen levels deteriorated. A new doctor came in and they started saying that, oh, his, his head's gone. He's not compromised anymore. So, And they put him on palliative care treatment then, which doctor denied, even though that there's actual evidence of in the medical records of him being on end-of-life care drugs and she lied to us. This is only weeks ago so this is still obviously fairly raw to say the least for you and for your family. Yeah, yeah. And when when did he pass away then? Um, August, August 23rd yeah. he passed away. Yeah, yeah. So no, I remember ago, you said August but, but in the timeline after he'd you know begun babbling and they they took him away for for you know for palliative care. How long before they said he's passed away or he's going to pass away? Uh, so on Thursday the nineteenth was when he started the Madagalan. That was when the palliative care was started without us being known known about it, and he passed away on the Monday. Um, but we stopped the Madagalan on Friday. He'd improved on the Saturday. He was fine on the Sunday. That's what I he was understood. Fine Monday morning. So, sorry to interrupt, Stephen. That's what I understood. But oh. what I can't understand oh. is sorry. how he came off the midazolam on the Thursday or the Friday, began to improve. The blue lips went away. Um, Colour came back into his body, and he was compus mentis after yes. the stopping of the midazolam. I, I, I'm, I'm wondering about how then a few days later. Did he go downhill so very quickly and then pass away? What 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 happened to him? What was he given? Do you, are you concerned about? That's it. That's yeah, the thing, I, isn't I it? Was was something given to him? And was 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 um an autopsy performed on your dad? Well, no. With, with regards to uh, the what happened to him, I don't know what happened to him. Um, yeah. It could have been they switched the oxygen off because when my mum was on air ward. Uh, the oxygen just went off one night, and all the old women didn't have any any oxygen for for hours until my mum got it switched back on because she went and found a nurse. So that's a possibility. But he was wheeled into a room separately, and then with regards to sorry, what was the second part of the question? No, no, you've 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 answered that, yeah, 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 yeah. you've answered it. And yeah. um, so, so you've well, written you you've sent a very detailed long letter. To uh, yeah. basically to the regulator asking questions to to try and get to the bottom of what might have happened to him, and you're convinced, Stephen, that he wasn't given at the very least he wasn't given the appropriate care. No, he wasn't. No, hundred percent, mate. And, and the, the doctors just deny it. 
this did had you seen Jackie Devoy speaking with Gareth Ike or speaking on this program prior to all of this because Jackie came on several months ago to talk about that were you aware of what was going on that people were asking questions about Medazolam I think you might have yeah, been aware I, I was aware of it yeah yeah, yeah. oh Stephen I don't, well, I don't we, know they told us that he was going to he was going to die uh, on like the first day then the, the priest came in we organised the priest he looked fine we didn't know that night, that day, was when he had man- Medazolam started getting administered. So, as I told the doctor, he was supposed to die that night. But it turned out he didn't. He survived. And that was when we took him off the Medazolam. He improved for like two days. And then the day my mum left the hospital, he got put in the room on his own. He and things went away. downhill. Alone, yeah. And that's the thing, that's the mystery. Now that's look, me, look. Yeah. There might be a natural explanation for it. I've got to say that because I'd be lousy if I didn't. But I can say this: if I was in your position and your brother's position and your mum, how's your mum? Mum, mum's okay. Um, she improved a lot since, since throughout the all, but it's just a it's just a sad situation there, isn't it? It's dreadful, mate. Yeah. What sort of a man was he, your dad? Tell us about him. Uh, I, I love my dad. He's a great man. Like, uh, he's uh, very funny. Uh, used to always take us on days out, all days. Uh, used to love having a little bevy with him, and he'd tell you all the stories about the time he was in the merchant navy Fantastic. in the nineteen seventies before they joined the common market and travel all over the world. All these alien cultures that were just just little wondrous stories. He used to tell us. And, uh, did he go into the? Did he go in? Did he go into the merchant navy straight out of school? Did he? Yeah, he left school when he was about fourteen. Went straight to the merchant navy, and just start, started there when he was like sixteen. Amazing. And he started travelling around the world. I wish I was from your dad's generation because I think I'd have ended up in the merchant life. navy. I think I'd have loved a bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same mate. And same. how old was he, Stephen, when he passed away? August twenty third. He was sixty five, mate. Sixty five. He was a month away from getting his pension. Which was one of his goals in life to be like the oldest uh, living male in the family to get his pension. Is that right? <laughs> so, yeah. And you saw Jackie's film then. Um, just for people who don't know, yeah. iconic. That's I C K O N I C. Um, Jamie Ike and, and and Gareth. There's a there's, there's there's a real crew there of very talented people. And Jackie Devoy, they've made a documentary called um, A Good Death Question Mark looking into why so many people who 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 were not at end of life, who were not dying, had DNR, do not resuscitate, notices placed on them, often without the knowledge of the family or the consent of the family, and why they were given the drug midazolam and morphine and why they were given it in such high doses. And is it some sort of euthanasia programme? That's what Jackie's film, the iconic film, asks it must have been hard for you to watch that, Stephen, over the weekend. It was me. Yeah, it was uh, upsetting. Um, but it, it was very upsetting to watch it, especially all these other people, countless numbers of people who've suffered the, the same or similar fate as we dad have. And you know, we'll probably never know this exact number because most people are ignorant of the fact that this is actually happening in the hospitals. Yeah, and, uh, I, I, you know, it's sad. Yeah, because you trust them, or at least we used to. Yeah. You think, you know, hospitals are, you know, they're often 
modern hospitals you think wow you know look at all the technology they've got they've got these doctors and nurses they know what they're doing and you trust them and if they say oh your 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 grandfather or your or, or your mother uh, passed away during the night the, the vast majority of us would never we, we, first of all we're devastated we're very hurt we're very we're very shocked and sick as you must have been the, the last thing you ever think of is well i wonder did, did they screw up you never think that why would you think that no, of course, me. You know, but with with regards to my dad, I'm sure there's lots of people in the same situation as me. Like, but I've been looking through the medical records as well, and entire statements have been redacted from it, just redacted. blacked out. Redacted, they're just blacked out from doctors and nurses that have been dealing with my dad, which is illegal as far as I'm aware because it's confidential medical documents yeah the family must and, be see I, I can't say for sure because I don't know the law but I would imagine yeah. that the family your mum as his wife is entitled to have that information and to have the unredacted documents yeah uh, definitely so what are the that's what, all I've been sent what, what are the legal advisors telling you and your mum and your brother at the moment what are they saying right so I've spoken to the Merseyside police and I've spoken to CID, that I asked them to put me through to the criminal investigation team, CID, and they told me, basically, it sounds like you've got a very strong case if what you're saying is true. This was before I got the medical records, but then they said, we can't pursue it until you have gone through the hospital's internal investigation thing, PALS, which is now called ACT, P-A-C-T, um, and they're the ones who are, uh, keep pushing it back. I should have heard back from them three weeks ago. I had to send them a threatening email before they could get back to me because they were ignoring my phone calls. And I've still, uh, it's been over two weeks now they should have been back to me, but no one's, no one's gotten back to me. Next step from that is to go and see a solicitor, which is something I was going to ask you. If anybody out there knows of any good solicitors who'd be willing to take up a case like this, you know, uh, let me know because... I've just made a note of your mobile. I wasn't, um, I hadn't disappeared there. I was listening to you intently. I just made a, no, okay, made, I made a, a note of your number. And if um, if anything occurs to me, I'll drop you a line. But I'm going to send you a text anyway. So that if there, are, if there are any positive developments that you can, you can let us know, uh, Stephen. Look, mate, um, Nothing I'll say is going to make any difference to you because it's, it's, it's only been a few weeks. Your father was a young man. Nobody deserves that. You know, if they've done something wrong, they have to account for it. They have to be held to account for it. And, and, and I hope you'll yeah. get to the bottom of it. And if they didn't, well, then they have nothing to hide and they shouldn't be redacting any documents, is what I would Sorry. say. But uh, just um, good luck with it. I, I promise you later on I'll send you a text message. And uh, so I then you have my number you. and we can... Uh, don't thank me for anything, but but if you have anything then to say, because the listeners will be very keen to know if you get anywhere, so they'll want to hear about any about any progress made. Um, not oh. to be flippant now in any way, but just to ask you: Are you a red or a blue in Merseyside, or do you uh, not care? I'm a red. Are I'm you a red? red are you? But I'm not a big fan <laughs> of it to be honest. You know, uh, although I live in Anfield and I could see the ground from my house. No uh, way. So it, is no. that where you grew oh. up then? So you grew up around the stadium. Yeah, yeah, in between both Goodison Park and Anfield. Isn't so, it funny that? Yeah. You know, I, I used to be fascinated when I was younger. I would come over here and 
I was naive. You know, I assumed that everybody, if you're like, if you live in Manchester, everybody, you must have a team. You must be City or you must be United. And I used to be perplexed at how indifferent so many people were to that. I suppose yeah, I, I learned because, of course, when it's right on your doorstep, you know, it's not so special. But it uh, it was for me growing up anyway. But um, look, um, it's going to be a difficult Christmas with, without your dad. It'll be tough for you, your mum and your brother. But at least you have each other, mate. And look yeah, after look after each other. Hi, mate. It's been a pleasure talking to you, mate. And uh, keep up the good work. It's a and pleasure talking to you, Stephen. Hopefully, speak to you soon with some good news, mate. Please, God. Have a good Christmas, mate. You too. Merry Christmas, Stephen. That's uh, Stephen, who's living in Colchester at the moment, but he's originally from Liverpool. He's a Liverpoolian, and uh, he's been uh, telling us about um, concerns about the treatment of his father, who died in a hospital in August, and he was given midazolam. Iconic.com, I-C-K-O-N-I-C.com, Jackie Device film. Um, Jackie presented it and did all the journalism, all the work around it. It's called um, A Good Death, question mark, and it's an exceptional film. And my great friend, Jean Ann Crowley, who is an exceptional actress, not because she's my friend, she is an exceptional talent. She got in touch with me over the weekend and said, Richie, that's a brilliant film. Uh, very well made, she said. And... Uh, in fact, I, I won't quote her. I'll 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 retrieve because I can't remember exactly what she said about it, but she said something very um, apt about the film. Look, here's the contact details. Just before we say hello to Philip, who God love him, he's been trying to get through for ages, but he is he is on the line, Philip. Just before we say hello to him, here are the details again. It's your call. Skype. Chat with Richie. Or call 0161 818 2018. If you're calling from overseas, it's plus 44 161 818 2018. Talk to Richie now. Do talk to Richie now. We're saying hello to Philip on Skype. Hello, Philip. How are you? Hi, Richie. Well, thank you. Thanks for getting through, my friend. Where, where are you calling from? Johannesburg in South Africa. Ah, Johannesburg. And uh, do you remember Katya? She's with me. Oh, fantastic. Of course I do. How could I forget? How are you doing? Yeah. We're keeping very well, thanks. We, uh, uh, And you keep us laughing. Thanks very much. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to laugh at this. I, I'm going to blame you for the Omicron variant. It's you bloody South Africans. Yes, yes. What's going on? Yes, What's that's going what on? I wanted to talk about. You know, you, you, you know our president... Uh, Cyril Ramaphosa is actually very pissed off at the moment um, because everybody slammed the door in our face and nobody can come and visit on and do any uh, game tours or anything like that at the moment. And uh, so he sent this ironic tweet today. He said, and so one asks, where is science? These countries have always said that we should love base our decisions on science. But when the time comes from them, to apply it to themselves, they do not, but resort to their own self-interest. And he doesn't realise he's talking to himself. He's talking to himself. And what you just touched on there, Philip, the the impact on the economy there is just massive. And it's like relentless because it's been 20 months now. And it just doesn't, it, you know, for, for people with tourism businesses or, you know, businesses around safaris, it's it's it it must be horrendous for them to be in limbo like this all the time. It is terrible, and um, you know it's it's totally crushing. I mean, it's we in full summer now, 
And, you know, the funny thing is, uh, just the, the, the first Sunday straight after Omicron came out, um, he came on he, he came on air to, to have one of his family chats, as he calls it, um, to tell the nation what's going on with COVID, et cetera, et cetera. And we thought we were going to go into a very bad lockdown because we've been on level one uh, lockdown for, for quite a few months since about August, uh, where things are pretty relaxed, except we still have to wear masks in shops and uh, indoors everywhere. And um, we still have a curfew from midnight till 4 a.m. in the morning. Um, but uh, if, otherwise, things are pretty relaxed. But uh, we thought we were going to go to a very strict lockdown after Omicron came out. But um, he stayed on level one and he said, oh, he was going to don't first chat to his advisors about bring bring out yeah, how the cases are going. And, and then, of course, he's, he's urging the vax on anyone, everyone here, because, um, you are know. Are the kids getting it, Philip? This, are, are, sorry to interrupt. Are they giving the yeah. youngsters, are they being given the job in South Africa? They, um, they started at 12, from tw from 12 uh, they started here, the, but they haven't gone down below 12 yet. But they might plan to, just like here. They might plan to, yes, they, they probably will. But the thing is, um, they not getting very good uptake. We're only 25% of the population has been, has been shot so far. And uh, the, it is, it is, uh, because and the, the media is screaming at uh, uh, headlines they want the unvexed to be locked down um so that to, to of course coerce us and so your so your your media is doing the same as here philip it's pushing hard against yes. the against the unjabbed very very hard against unjabbed and another thing big businesses come in in this country and just about everyone is pushing mandatory vax on the employees, which is against our constitution, which our president helped to put together in the first place. Um, is it specifically? Is it specifically covered? Is it in the constitution? Yes, medical uh, treatment. They're not, in, yes, they're not allowed to do. Uh, it's it's against the basic human rights, and the human rights charter is the cornerstone of our constitution, and it's absolutely against those human rights that we've got in our constitution. So he cannot, he's actually between a rock and a hard place yeah. because we know he's getting the pressure from his masters in London. And then, but he's getting a lot of kickback from the population here as a whole. And yet, Philip, um, um, the scientists who discovered this Omicron thing, if it exists, I mean, we'd be sceptical, but look, let's pretend uh, it does exist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but the ones who discovered it, they said that it doesn't do, it's, it's no big deal whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, precisely. Yeah. I mean, and and he hasn't pushed us into he hasn't pushed us into a, any uh, dead uh, heavier lockdown that we than we previously had. He is he was touring in Africa earlier this week, uh, over the weekend, and um, trying to get African leaders to uh, push vaxes harder on their populations, and also not to lock South Africa down and keep South Africans out of their country, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he's come back now. He's now he's consulting with his uh, scientific council, as he calls it, um, his command council. Yes, and he wants to. And but we're going to see. We might have another family chat this coming Sunday, and we'll see what happens. And the advisors in South Africa are pretty similar to the advisors in England and in Ireland. They're they're 
pushing hard for restrictions and pushing mm. hard for yeah. vaccines and yes. the usual. Yes, they are. And you're yeah, coming definitely. into are you coming into the summer there now? Yes, we're in summer, and uh, it's it's it's, it's ridiculous. Lovely, isn't well, it? we've been having lovely, lovely rain actually because we don't get rain in winter, um, but we've been having lovely thunderstorms lately, um, and uh, yes, it's 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 uh, we, we've been up in the thirties last week. Today was twenty seven. Yes, nice. Lovely. It's not flu season at all, so we shouldn't be getting shouldn't sick. be having any of this nonsense. Exactly. Oh, no. Well, look, um, Merry Christmas to both of you, by the way. Thank you very much. Can Katya quickly say hello Of course she can. I was going to say hello to Katya. How are you doing, Katya? It's been, it must be a year, year and a half since we spoke. How are you? Oh, Richie, I'm very fine and it is great to speak to you again. I think it was in March that we spoke to each other, yeah? Was it March this year, was it? Or was it last year? May, um, maybe it was May, but I think it was March. Yeah, oh, no, I don't know. Maybe it was May. I don't yeah. know because you know what we've been uh, moving around quite a lot. Yeah, so and things, but this, things have May. happened. Things have happened so so quickly in the last few months. For some reason, I thought it was was last year, but no, I think you're right. It was no. it was this year. No. But it's nice to hear it from you both year. again. Well, it's lovely to speak to you again, Richie. Really, I, I, I wish I was your neighbour. Vice, vice versa. Wouldn't it be nice if everybody who came on the phone in tonight, if we all lived in the same street, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't life be infinitely yeah. more easy? Wouldn't it? If we could, if we could swing that, you know. Hey, listen, do um, do have a nice Christmas uh, there yourself well, and, and Philip, and I hope in the new year we'll get to speak again. Thank you, Richie. Oh, thank you, Richie. Thank you very much for every... We listen every night to you. Well, thanks for doing that. Always listen. Gives me a reason to do it. Thank you, Katya. Thanks, Philip. And Merry Christmas to you both. That's nice now to catch up with uh, Katya and Philip again. For some reason, I thought it was last year. I thought it was last year when we spoke, but uh, no, it was uh, more recent. It's uh, 24 minutes to the top of the air. I'm going back to the mobile phones now. Uh, Caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? It's Alison. How are you doing, Alison? Where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from Kent. Down in Kent. The Delta variant. That's you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's your fault, Alison. We just had the Omicron variant on the line. Now we're off yeah, to Delta. Well, oh, and then we had the Kent variant. We had the Kent. So we had a double lockdown here. It's crazy, isn't it? It, it is most crazy. But how are you able to smile? You're, I can hear the smile in your voice. How am well, I able to I'm, smile? Why are we smiling? I'm kind of hiding it. Um, I had spoke to my daughter today and she's been holding out on this whole vaccine thing. Um, And today she told me that because she wanted a life and wanted to go on holiday to Spain next year, she was going to get vaccinated. And Uh, she believed it was coercion and she believes that uh, she's got a, a law degree and she believes that, you know, this, this is not right. And, uh, she's, been along with it the whole way, but she's finally given up saying she can't fight it any longer. Some are out of control, and if she wants a life, this is what she has to do. Imagine that. So here you have a very bright young woman, law degree, knows that this is tyranny, but feels yeah. that I just need to go along to get along. Yep. So she has to have something to look forward to. She can't deal with it any longer. And, and at the weekend... <laughs> To make matters worse, uh, some friends um, who've been vaccinated, 
but now kind of regret it, but believe and believe that one of their friends, well, actually family members was injured because they had a rapidly um, onset of cancer after the vaccine. And, uh, and now they're saying that, that they believe there's a cabal in control, um, but they can't fight it. And so there's nothing you can do. And and I actually blame these people more than the people that just completely brainwash because people who know that something is wrong but won't hold out and won't fight it are the ones that are like giving in. They're like the ones that just went along with the whole Nazi thing. It's funny you say that, Alison, because um, the, the, the programme opened up with Alan in Vancouver. And uh, yeah. I put it to Alan, you know, could 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 enough pressure be brought to bear on you as it might lead you lead you down the to the javatoire, as we call it. And to yeah. his to his absolute credit, he said, Well, maybe, you know, I don't want to have it, but you know, you know, I might need to travel, I might I might need to do things. It's wicked, Alison. It's just thoroughly wicked. I can't think of another way of describing it. No, I just think there's total coercion going on and uh it, it's it's just yeah we're just living in crazy times i'm very fortunate to have a supportive husband who's very well educated on the whole thing and uh and he studied immunology and knows what the situation is but um when you're surrounded by it it's it, it's tough it's tough but uh yeah we're <laughs> we're here battling the storms the weather outside and uh that's that's the way we have that's to go that's the way it is what I'm about to say is not to make you feel better. I wouldn't dare patronise you. But look, mm-hmm. there's, um, you know, there's, there's, there's more than a great chance that your daughter will have the jab and she'll be okay. You know, there's no way that these jabs are, are, are injuring everybody. They're not. I mean, that's just a stone cold fact. And, uh, you know, keep that in mind. And I suppose, and I have a real cheek saying this to you because I'm not a parent, but I've heard yeah. this said by other parents. You know, you've done your absolute best. You've obviously done a great job, you and your husband. She's done well, gone to law school, got her degree. She's very bright. There's not much more you can do. She's her own woman now. No, utterly. I utterly agree. You know, she's an adult in her own right. And, uh, you know, she has to make her own decisions. And I've told her she has to make her own decisions. And with those decisions come consequences. And she has to accept those as well. So whatever happens, and I do believe that there's every chance she can take this and be all right, but anything that, that happens, or to, to her children, because she's going to have to take her children with her, and we don't know what the mandates will be later on for children, because you know those, those are coming on more and more, then you know you have to accept the consequences of those as well. Yeah. You know. So, yeah. But for a holiday, just for a holiday, I mean... This is it, you know. If it if it were something serious like a diagnosis, I know what you're saying. What, I know what you're saying, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to say this to you. I, it's really gotten me down, you know. Yeah. Uh, especially last year, we we're big, we we like big crowds and big 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 musical concerts. That's what we like, and yeah. uh, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be real cheesy stuff, you know. We could go and see Lamal from Kajagoogoo we, and he, or we could go and see the Eagles but just being out amongst people having a crack having a chat and there's nothing better and you find that people are at their best at concerts because they're more inclined to chat and have a natter you know and share a drink and all of that and that's been you know impossible and that's killed me Alison it's absolutely it, it gets right to, to, to the heart of me it really is distressing now look I'm I'm not a better person than your daughter. I am not. 
Um, maybe it's easier for me than it is for your daughter being a bit older maybe and I have experienced a few things maybe a few more things than your daughter I won't submit to it I won't to but I won't judge her either you know I can understand her wanting no, to get away no and, and I agree with you because I haven't had the chance to travel and experience life Yeah, she hasn't so there are all those things to take into consideration and uh, yeah I, I, I agree with you you know but it, it is what it is Will you all be together at the Christmas, the grandkids? You don't sound that old. Not that you have to be old to be a grand, but will you be old? <laughs> will you be? Will you be together having a bit of a bit of nosh on Christmas Day? No, I think it'll be more FaceTime, but uh, it it doesn't matter what it is as long as it's a bit of con- human contact. That, Absolutely, that's great. That's that's enough for me. You know, who cooks on Christmas Day? Yourself or the hobby? <laughs> My hobby will be. He cooks, does he? Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. But, and we hope to listen to you. And you know what? I know the uh, the Sunday morning shows and uh, what you plan to do for Christmas won't be it. But, you know, I like the rants because those are what we all feel inside. And sometimes it's nice to hear someone have the rant for us. I suppose, yeah. And you know you're not going mad if somebody else is. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that as well, Alison. It yeah. was um, lovely to chat with you, genuinely. Lovely to chat with you. And uh, we'll... Uh, Look, we, we, we'll talk again. Keep us posted about your daughter. She might change her mind. And even if yeah. she doesn't, you know, she'll be all right. Merry Christmas yeah. to you and uh, to all your family, and, Alison. And you, thank you. Thanks very much. Alison in Kent. Lovely to hear from Alison there. And uh, very honest, poignant that. That's happening to a lot of people. Uh, and it's even more difficult, I suppose, because her daughter, with her big legal brain on her, knows that this is wrong and doesn't agree with it, to her credit. Her daughter doesn't agree with it, but feels that, well, I've got to get away, got to get out. I'm young, I'm a young woman. You know, I want to take the kids away. I want to go on holidays. Yeah, it's 16 minutes to the top of the hour. You're with the Richie Allen Show. You're with me, the BBG. It's uh, Tuesday's programme, December the 7th. Back to the mobile phones. Again, caller, welcome to the programme. Who am I speaking with? Hello. Hello. Oh, hi. You're live. Who am I speaking with? This is Davey. I'm from Bristol. Did you say Davey? Davey, yeah. Davey, welcome from Bristol. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm really happy to get through. I'm delighted you got through. I listen to you every evening, but normally I'm at work, so I can't uh, do the phone in. So this is the first time I've tried to get through, so I'm really happy to be speaking with you. And I'm thrilled you got through, and I do (laughs) mean that. Well, you know how it works. Um, it is over to your, your good self. What would you like to say? Well, um, I just wanted to um, introduce a note of positivity, really, because, you know, we do all have our down days and, uh, you know, myself included. It's really not an easy situation. But also, you know, I've, um, I've made a lot of contacts. I've um, joined a lot of... Um, you know, kind of organisations like Stand in the Park and more recently Freedom Cells. And the people I'm meeting are amazing, you know. And also all the people who call your programme or your guests on the programme, yourself included, I mean, they're special people. And I would never have met these kind of people if it weren't for these kind of unfortunate circumstances. And so it's kind of, it is the worst of time, but it's also you know, the best of times. No, I get you. In a, I get in you. a strange way. Yeah, um, that it, sometimes it know. takes, sometimes it takes something dreadful to bring people together. And and maybe something yeah. very good can come out of that. 
Well, I think it can. I mean, I'm sure we're going to go through, we're going to go through something. I mean, I hope it doesn't get much worse than it already is. But, um, you know, I'm convinced that we're going to come out the other end into a world that's much, much better. And we have to hold on to that hope, you know. Um, yeah, and there's a, there's a lot of people trying to create the next thing because we couldn't continue as we were. The world was screwed. It's a horrible world. People were, were nasty to each other. It was, it was a nasty world. And the people who are collaborating with all this, they're not happy. They're not nice to each other. They're horrible amongst themselves and they're even worse to us. But us, you know, we have this camaraderie, we have this love, we have this light. And I'm really convinced that we can that we can fight this darkness. And I'm really convinced that in the end, you know, we will prevail and we will win. I'm not saying it's going to be easy and I'm not saying all of us are going to, you know, come through this, uh, you know, alive. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I, I really feel that it's uh, it's kind of a spiritual fight. And, and, and you know, I really want to pass on my hope to, to, to all your listeners and, and just to give them, you know, the courage and the tenacity and don't give up, don't, don't give, give up. up. Tell you what, Davey, I... this, is, this is lovely. Do you think, based on what you've said, do you think that maybe this is the reason we are here, maybe? Maybe this is the reason for our being, for this battle, you know, that maybe there's something else going on. I've had all these conversations over the years with Jordan, with David, with Jim, with Mark. Maybe this has been going on forever and maybe it's our time. Maybe we're here to take this on. Maybe this is the, the, maybe this is the ultimate battle between the righteous yeah. and between the wicked, maybe. Well, it's like an eternal battle. I mean... Yeah. You know, you can you can get all deep and, and esoteric and, and spiritual about it, and and, and yeah, you know, I, I I do do believe all, all those things, and, and you know, we're all here for a reason, and it's definitely sorted the the wheat from the chaff out, hasn't it? <laughs> you no know, doubt. and um, it's been shocking and hurtful to see the people who have collaborated, people we love and and, and we care about, but. You know, there have been new discoveries. And as I say, the, the new friends I'm making through the Freedom Cells, through the Sand in the Park, I mean, what people, you know, amazing, amazing people. And, um, and, and yeah, so, um, you know, we're all here. And there are many of us. Don't be deluded into thinking we More are not we very think. many, because I think there are many of us. And, um, you know, we do these things uh, here in Bristol. We go out into the town centre and we talk to people and we get called plague rats and we get shouted at. And do you, every do you, now do you and get again, that crap? Do you really get that nonsense from people? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Two just for the, just, I mean, you sound like an absolutely gentle soul. So you're out there and you're saying to people gently and humanely, have a listen to this or take a look at this. And people are that abusive. Oh, yeah, they call us Nazis and racists. Nazis! But, you know, that just improves our camaraderie because we're there, we're 15 people, we're brothers in arms, you know, and we're doing it, and we laugh, we laugh. And, you know, every now and again, you have a conversation with people and and you you make that connection with the human inside them. And and actually, and that's a wonderful moment. Do you know what I mean? So for yeah. all the people who are so angry with us and so aggressive and you think, wow, one day one of these people is going to like mount the curb or 
you know, get a knife out and it, it's quite scary. But more often you get, you, you you know, you see a kind of glimmer in people's eyes and a, and, and a recognition of our commonality because we have much more in common with each other than we do with the, the, the people who are, who, are, who are driving this agenda. You know, and they can't deny that. You know, they can't deny that they have more in common with me than they do with Boris Johnson do. or... Of course they do. Or any of the others. And I'm guessing, so, I'm guessing as well, you know, alongside some of the abuse, I bet you get, I bet you get enough people coming up to you saying, oh, thank God, I'm not on my own. Thank God. Do. Yeah. We do. Yeah. And that's brilliant as well. I mean, we hold these yellow signs up at the at the side of the road sometimes. I was doing that last Saturday. And, you know, you get people giving you the thumbs up and you get people thanking you. You get people coming up to you for a chat. And, and you know, we can tell them about the stand in the park. And we know we are. We're growing a wonderful community here. And, and all around the country, there are these communities mushrooming up. And, and I believe that this is the start of what will come after. Something organic. You know, so, my, yeah, my, and I would I would encourage all your listeners to really check out Sound in the Park and Freedom Cells. There's a there's a website, um, and 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 you know this is the start of 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 the next thing, uh, and you know we can do it at a grassroots level. And even if it takes longer than my lifetime, it's it's the only thing I can do right now. You know, it makes me happy. It gives me satisfaction, and it gives me a quality of life, and it gives me hope. In the dark times. Well, I, I will, I, mean? I will never again criticize, or I, I, I wouldn't, I don't believe I've criticized it, but I won't throw any negativity again towards, you know, people meeting and protesting because you've just. But done, we're not protesting. We call it outreach. We're, it's outreach. We're reaching out to people, right? We're making protesting, a connection. You're right. It does nothing. It does nothing. We are. We're not protesting authority. No, you're not. We you're engaging with people. To our, to our, to our fellow humans. We're not even educating them. We're reaching, out, reaching out and we're finding commonality. We're having respectful conversations with people of differing opinions. And when you find the common ground, that's the goal. That's the gold. Do you know what I mean? Davey, my, and, and from there, we, we can go forward. And know? something can happen out of that. My um, yeah. oft, my often mentioned friend, Jean Ann, is listening to this in Ireland. And uh, she's loving listening to you. She just sent me a message. She says, um, lovely listening to, to this. She says, why do you think they're so angry? The ones who are you know, spitting venom and saying the silly things. I'm not trying to be negative now, but it's really important. You've got that insight. Why are they so because, enraged? Because they know in their heart of hearts, in their soul, they know. And, 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 and there's, that, there's that contradiction within themselves is that they're doing something that they know is bad for them and is wrong and is evil. And so they've got that conflict within themselves and, 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 and the reaction is anger. So you've got to, you've got to also have compassion for that. And understand that these people are deeply, deeply conflicted and upset, you know, and that's why it comes out in anger. And that's, you know, sometimes I get back from these outreach sessions and I'm, I'm destroyed for a couple of days because it's, but sometimes I'm very uplifted, you know, but, um, but you just have to keep, keep going because what else are you going to do? What else are you going <laughs> to do? Are you gonna do? Will you be, you know? will you be out and about over, um, over the weekend, over the Christmas holidays? Will you be out and about? Well, I work every other weekend, so when I'm not working, I usually, you know, I usually go out on a Saturday to town, 
So I was out last weekend. I'm working this weekend, but I'll go to stand in the park on uh, on Sunday. On Sunday. Um, and you know that's lovely. I'm meeting lots of lovely, lovely people. So uh, it's a real positive for me. You've um, you've 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 ended the show beautifully. I I, I do yeah. genuinely mean that. I'm I've not got time to take another call. I'm I'm not going to. What an absolute. The wonderfully positive message at the end there, Davy. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm really, I'd love to hear more from you, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, thank you, Richie. I've been listening to you for you know a couple of years now, and uh, you know, I mean, you're you're also a fountain of positivity in it all. You know, you've made us laugh, and that's the thing. We need to take the piss out of these people <laughs> because that's all they deserve. Did you see um, Michael Gove behind the speaker's chair the other? Yeah, what? I mean, you know. What do you think was wrong with him? I mean, he's either pissed or he's stoned, right? No, he was was on something, that's for sure. I mean, we've all (laughs) felt like we look like that, but I don't think I've ever actually looked like that. It was um, was an absolute caricature. So you've got to laugh. You've got to laugh in their face. And the thing is, with these vaccines, as soon as they mandate it, they are legally liable for any... Uh, any consequences, any any bad reaction. So we've got to hold out until they hold you down. Once they hold you down and they force inject you, if you have a bad reaction, they are liable. They are, yeah, 100%. Right, whereas if you take it now, just under the threat, you are liable. Yeah. They can't touch us. They can't touch us. We're stronger than them. We're stronger than them. What? And they know it and they're scared as well. I'm I'm a big child, so I'm going to ask this question. No other radio presenter would ask. Where did Davy come from? Oh well, I lived in India for many years, so I uh, um, I took the name Daviani, but uh, people in England can't get their head ah, around that. So Dav- I call Dav- myself Davy. I know it's, it's <laughs> lovely because yeah. I know because I know I'm speaking to a lady, and I'm wondering. You know, <laughs> back in the day, I, I wouldn't have dared ask. You know, but uh, I'm just curious. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask. You could have you could have told me anything. Davy, I've um, you've made me day, honest to God. Thanks for for getting. I'm so glad you got through. Well, so much. Lots of love to you, Richie. Thanks for all you do. And you too, Davy in <laughs> Bristol. There, lovely name, Davy Anna. I think um, lived in India for a bit. That's about it for the program. By the way, I'm not going to take another call because I'm already at three and a half minutes to uh, the top of the hour. Listen uh, to everybody who called in. Thank you. Love the phone ins. I love them. I really do. I'm uh, not with you tomorrow. Uh, we've got uh, some personal business, both myself and uh, uh, El Frogo Tremendo. It's taken up the entire day. So I'm not going to be with you. And that's it. Um, one or two articles will probably pop up on the website because I have scheduled a couple of articles to do that very thing. So stay in touch with richieallen.co.uk. Tomorrow uh, I'm away, but Thursday I'm back as usual at five o'clock. Now, we met Aaron earlier on. He's a successful musician and his band has supported none other than the Happy Mondays. He's played the Alexandra Palace in London. And he was trying to reach out to me. I didn't see any of his messages, genuinely. Otherwise, I would have responded. And he said, Richie, I've had this song and it's a single and there is a cover. And on the cover are my heroes. I don't know what the bloody hell he's put me on there for, but he's put me on there with a, with a cast of uh, of thousands. It's a lovely cover, in fact. Um, he's He goes by Aza, A-Z-A or Aza. As a brown, I, I, I would I would imagine, and the song that he sent to me is called "The Way That I Roll." 
uh, the way that I roll. So I'm going to play that uh, to close out the programme today. Once again, thanks for listening and speak to you on Thursday at 5 o'clock UK time with uh, Thursday's Richie Allen Show. As a Brown, the way that I roll. Take care of yourselves and one another. (laughs) 